Welcome to Sound of Truth Weekly Interview, where we have conversations with ordinary people to learn how our extraordinary God is at work in people's lives and in the world today. I'm your host, Brett Morani, and I'm excited you've joined us. I'm so excited to have in the studio with me today, around my house, we call him Grandmaster Coker. And some of you may say, say what? Well, that's because Mr. Chuck Coker, Dr. Chuck Coker, is the founder and the leader of Yesha Ministries, which is a Taekwondo ministry here based in Jacksonville, Florida on the on our first coast. It also has expanded beyond that, and I'll let you want me to call you Chuck through this, by the please, way? Please. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was starting to say Mr. Doctor, Grandmaster. We'll go with Chuck. Chuck has come in the studio and and is going to be sharing later on, either in this episode, perhaps we'll do another episode. I don't know how long we'll go here, but he'll be sharing a little bit about Yesha Taekwondo Ministries and, and what that's all about. I have four children, three of which who've come up through uh, the ministry and have achieved one of them, a black belt. My younger son and my, my youngest daughter have achieved at this point in time, the second Dan. If you're not familiar with martial arts, your second degree in Taekwondo, we call it second Dan. And so we've spent several, several hours in this ministry, have been so thrilled with it and impressed. And I just want to say thank you, Mr. Coker, Chuck, for coming into our studio, but also for leading this great ministry. Well, thank you. Uh, for the last 40 years, it's been a real wonderful experience, uh, even during the times of COVID. Yeah. But it's been a real blessing to see young people and now they're children, and I have now seen the third generation, actually grandchildren of people that have come into the ministry now. So it's been a blessing beyond measure. Well, that's fabulous. Well, I'd like for you to share more about this ministry, but before we do that, let's get to know you, Chuck Coker, as the man and as the Christian man. I know you told me before the show that you, unlike so many of us who are transplants to Jacksonville, you actually are from Jacksonville. Is that right? I'm, that's right. I was actually born at the old Riverside Hospital that's no longer there. Okay. It's now Publix. Oh, is that right? <laughs> and I grew up, went to Spring Park Elementary School and uh, Southside Estate School, and then later to Inglewood High School. After I graduated from there, I went to the first year the Florida Junior College at that time opened, which later became FSCJ, and through another transition of FJCC, you know. Okay. But it only took me 12 years, Brett, okay. <laughs> to, to get through that associate's degree, because at that point, I was already a parent. Yeah. And so... um after that 12 years, I, I spent another four years finishing my degree at Luther Rice and then went on, gained my master's and then two doctorates following that. Yes, fa fabulous. So that's your education. Tell me a little bit about your home life. Were you one of several children, an only child? What, what's the background there? And what were your parents like? I was. Um, I had an older brother that was five years older than me who was... We came from a military family, I'll put it that way. I, I, my dad was fourth generation, and I was fifth generation military. Okay. And my brother left in 1959 and, and joined Castro's guerrillas in Cuba. And then after that war was over, he uh, joined the United States Army and became a Green Beret and went through that. So I decided to one-up everybody and join the marine corps okay there you go <laughs> the few the proud right <laughs> exactly and uh spent five and a half years 
in uh, Marine Corps Air Wing. After that, I got out and was able to further my martial arts education because while I was in the Marine Corps, I actually fought for the Marine Corps in the early years with their martial arts team. Okay, yeah, because when you say the word fight for the Marine Corps, I'm thinking of some war or, you know, you're (laughs) storming the beaches somewhere or something like that, but instead you're on the mat. (laughs) Well, that too. And, you know, I went in uh, during Vietnam era and... By the time I received my commission, they were calling the war off. So the Lord saved me from having to to be in that position. After that, um, I was continuing to to study martial arts until in 1972, my former wife committed suicide. Mm. And Mm -hmm. it really turned my life around because I had been brought up in church, but wasn't a committed Christian. Gotcha. And I really went my own way after high school. Yeah. But that woke me up in about six months after she had passed away. I had been sending my daughters to church, but mm-hmm. hadn't been going myself. And they said, Dad, you've been promising us long enough, so will you come with us? So you had two children together? Uh, three. Three, okay. Yes. So you had a couple of daughters and a son uh, with your correct. first wife? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, And so I went to church that Sunday, and the pastor was teaching on Rehoboam. Mm. And um, Rehoboam, as you know, Solomon's son, mm-hmm. uh, was king for 22 years. And at one point, you know, Israel rebelled and broke away right. uh, during that time. And I had to divide the kingdom. And on my way home that afternoon, the Lord said this just as plainly, as I'm talking to you today, mm-hmm. Rehoboam had 22 years. You were 18 years old when you walked away. Subtract that 18 from 22. You got four years to get your life together, mm. or I'm going to call you home. Wow. And so <clears throat> at that point, my children needed me, and it was like, okay, I hear you. I'll listen. Mm. And so the next year I enrolled at Luther Rice Seminary, mm-hmm. and the rest of the story evolved from there because yeah. I committed my life to the Lord after that in sincerity mm-hmm. rather than from guilt or fear, shall we say, because if you remember, mm-hmm. well, I don't guess you were around during the 60s. It no, was, no, I, I, it was, was, <laughs> I was conceived in the 60s, but brought forth in early 1970s, so... Yes, it was hellfire and brimstone, you know, and um, watch night services where we shuddered and cried that God might, Christ might come back before the new year. And so it was, it's like anything, you can only fear something for so long until you break away from it. Mm. And so at that point, I just knew that there had to be more to this than what I was seeing in life because I was more concerned about how much money you're making. Do I have a beautiful wife? You know, Mm -hmm. am I educated, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, the Lord just took those desires away and had me refocused. And within a few years, I was the associate pastor at North Jacksonville Baptist Church. Okay. um, Teaching for Harold Hunter when he was at his seminary. He was, um, 
a chairman of the board of a seminary in Illinois, so I did a okay. fair amount of preaching back then and yeah. helped during the move from Pearl Street over to, quote-unquote, the promised land, as he used to call it. Gotcha. And uh, it, it was one of the few mega churches in Jacksonville at that time. Backing up a little bit, so I'm assuming then, the way, the way your story sounds, that you knew the Lord, but you had fallen away from him. So at what point were you converted? In childhood, you said you had gave your life to the Lord, you said, um, as in, in an authentic way, instead of just out of the guilt thing. Mm-hmm. Would you say you were converted as a child or teenager, but then fell away, and then the Lord spoke to you and said, you, you better come back or I'm going to bring you home? Is that is that your story, or was this your true conversion? I think conversion? that's really it, because yeah. as a child, I knew what was right, mm-hmm. and I did uh, get baptized mm-hmm. as a child. The point was, for me at that point, I just wanted to be a kid like everybody else, mm-hmm. influenced by you know the mores of society at yeah. that particular time. And the more I got involved in it, because I was elected vice president of my senior class, mm-hmm. and I was you know played football, ran track, do all those kind of things, you know. And it was like being popular was more important than being a Christian. Yeah. And so once I got out, went into the Marine Corps, there wasn't the consistency of the family mm-hmm. there that had instilled these principles in me. Mm-hmm. And so I did go my own way. Uh, it took my wife's passing Mm. to to say, you know, you're going to be dead a whole lot longer than you're going to be alive. Mm. And is this real? Yeah. And that's when God made himself real to me. But here's the thing that I, I have to go back to is what Jesus said. We're not going to be snatched out of his hands. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so when God get me, uh, got me when I was younger, he was patient right. with me. Oh, isn't he, though? Exactly. So patient with all of us. That's right. Yeah. Your story is so familiar with so many stories of people that have come on here on our podcast here to talk about in childhood. They heard the gospel. They responded. They knew they needed forgiveness of sins. They wanted to go to heaven. They were scared of hell. All appropriate things. But then as they grew into adulthood, they kind of lost their way or took their own pathway and had to find out for themselves, you know, because they were in a Christian home. And now they're going to experiment in the world a little bit, if you will. But then some things happen in life. And then the Lord doesn't give up on you, and He comes. He still got you, and He's going to bring you back to Himself. And that's right. And so, uh, what a great testimony! It's it's when I began to learn, Brett, that life is not what God is doing to us. Life is what God is doing for us, mm-hmm. and that helps reshape our perspective, and it helps us see that even the dark times are times of growth and development, because I would not wish what happened to me on anyone. Sure. Yet I wouldn't trade it for the world. The fruit that came from it. Yes. Yeah. It reminds me of Romans 8, 28. Yes. We know that all things work together for good to those That's who right. love God or call according to That's his purpose. Right. This, is a, this is a tough lesson for us to learn. You know, years ago, I, I can't remember when it was as a, as a young man, even as a pastor, I was preaching on spiritual growth and, and how do we grow in Christ and, you know, my focus was on the spiritual disciplines. Mm. You know, you read your Bible, you pray, you do community, and you, know, you go to church and you have fellowship with other believers. And I, I, you know, listing all these things in this little series I was preaching on. But I left something out, and a few years later, it hit me. The primary tool that God uses sometimes in our lives for growth is suffering. Mm-hmm. That's right. And that's when we seem to grow, grow the most. Yes. 
all these other things are good and we need to be always pursuing them as you and I were just chatting before we started recording about our, our Bible reading. And I was thrilled to hear that you routinely read through the Bible a couple of times a year. That's so vital to our Christian life, but the circumstances in our life, God is working behind the scenes providentially to, to draw us to him and to use for his, and take the, take the tough stuff and the bad stuff and then mold us into the image of Jesus. It is, and so often those of us who attend church regularly and are actively involved in ministries sometimes forget it's not what we're doing, mm-hmm. it's who we're becoming that Christ is really interested in. I love it. So you say yes to the Lord when he speaks to you very clearly and says, hey, you've got to repent. In essence, is what he's saying to you, right? Exactly. You've got to repent, or I'm, gonna, you've got, I'm giving you a, a clock here. It's amazing. I, I don't know if I've ever heard anyone else share a story like this where God said, here's how much time you've got to, to repent. Well, he, here's what I know. He hasn't done that too many times in my life, but mm-hmm. that was one of the times mm-hmm. that it was very, very clear. I have a maybe less than a half dozen times where the Lord spoke to me so loudly and clearly on the inside, it was almost as if it was audible. Mm-hmm. And I knew I had to respond in faith and obedience. Yes. Um, and those, that's most of the time I'm walking by faith, not, not by sight. And that's almost more along the lines of walking by sight because he says it so loudly. Yes. Right? Yes. So you said yes to him. And you said, you're right, Lord. And, and you said, I'm going, I'm going to follow you. And then you enrolled exactly. in Luther Rice and then went on into vocational ministry. What age were you at this point, Chuck? Um, I was 37 when my wife passed away. And um, how many years had you been married? A little over 10 years at that point. That had to be devastating. Yeah. It was. It was. And for your kids as well. How old were they? My son was right about 11, 10 or 11 years old. My daughters were five and eight. Mm -hmm. Mm. You were a single dad then for how long? little over two years. I met my present wife of, of 38 years now uh, at Neptune Baptist Church. Okay. And I came in and spoke in their class. And she had an, a fender bender after church that day, and I stopped to help her. I got a, a call from Dr. Clough, who was the pastor at that point, and said, hey, I have a young lady that would like to work with your daughter. She's applied for the Big Sisters program, but she's on a year screening. And so I said, I'm not really interested. And he said, yeah, you are. <laughs> so for the next... He playing matchmaker, wasn't he? <laughs> he was. He said, I know her. She's grown up in the church and, and so forth. And so for the next six, seven months, Tracy came and picked up my daughters, took them bowling or putt-putt or whatever, and they fell in love with her. And um, mm-hmm. one, one day, my oldest daughter said, hey, Dad, why aren't you nice to Tracy? Why don't you, you know, we love her. She's nice to us. So we talked that night, and four months later, we were married. Oh, wow. That's awesome. God provided. He had. For you, a wife, and for them, another mom for them, really. Yes. Yeah. Indeed. And so then you had Six more children. Six more. I have a total of six daughters and three sons. Oh, wow. You're so blessed. I am. Your quiver's full. But, yes. Uh, it's been quite an exciting experience. That's wonderful. Grandkids? Just seven so far. Only, only four of them are married right okay. now. Okay. And seven so far. That's beautiful. All right. Well, thanks for sharing your story. Uh, we're at about the point we wanted to go ahead and say, let's invite you back for another episode. Sure and hear about uh, this ministry of Yeshua and how that came about and a little bit about your Taekwondo background as well. So 
I'd love for you to, to share that with our, with our audience. I'd be more than happy to, Brett. Thank you for having me. Thank you. God bless. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sound of Truth. If you enjoyed it, please rate and review it. Also, tell your friends about it. Thanks. Music is by Canon and is used by permission. Sound of Truth podcast is produced in collaboration with Harvest Jacksonville and is copyrighted by Brett Amorani, 2023.